Welcome to NFP, the Non-Fungible Podcast, with your host, D. Klein. Hey, this is NFP, the Non-Fungible Podcast, with D. Klein. Today, my guest is James Sikorsky, also known as Ghost Cowboy. Hey, Ghost Cowboy, James, welcome to NFP. So happy that you can uh, join me here today. Yeah, thank you for having me. I've been looking forward to it for the past few weeks now. So, yeah, I'm having to uh, book out further and further, which I guess is a good thing, you know, because now basically I'm booked through to the end of September with guests, and uh, I'm I'm yeah. I'm looking forward to uh, getting to know you a little bit. Should be should be a fun conversation. Uh, we were just talking right before the show about names, aliases, and how what kind of when I entered into the scene i was writing and so i just used my real name and sometimes i think you know it would have been kind of cool just to go with something pseudonymous and i noticed that you have both in your kind of twitter tag you have your your name and you have your artist name let's call it so what was the thinking behind behind that yeah i'm I'm a bit all over the place um Mm -hmm. i like the idea of having an alias and uh I guess like a brand, so to speak. I mean, I do a lot of branding with my my work. So, I mean, that's always the first thing that comes to mind with stuff like this. And um, the name Ghost Cowboy, uh, a few years ago, I was in a band and lived with uh, my roommates who were my bandmates. And we were actually in Madison. I'm from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. So we were in Madison going to see the band uh, Tame Impala. Okay. Um, a little bit before they got super popular with uh, their third album. And when we were waiting in line... There was, I don't want to use the incorrect word. He wasn't like necessarily a homeless person, but he had the very much like cartoon hobo type appearance to him where he was like a street performer, Mm -hmm. Um, really goofy hat with like the type of flap that would open up and very comedic. And he was actually playing like six instruments at once. Oh yeah. Um, One of those one bands kind of things. Yeah. Really, really weird, eccentric, uh, strange, just type person. Very, very funny. Um, and he had a guitar case open, I think for like tips and stuff like that, but he had all these small portraits in picture frames, um, all different ornate type frames of just like drawings and paintings. And I can't remember everything else, but there was one specific one. It was like the most basic little sketch of a ghost wearing a cowboy hat. Okay. And at the time, and I was like, Oh, ghost cowboy. That's funny. Like it just stood out to me. Yeah. Um, and, and when we were writing songs and, and stuff like that, I remember we toyed with the idea of having that beer and band name, uh, album name, like song names, you know, just an interesting title. And uh, we didn't end up using it for anything, but it always kind of stuck with me. And then once I started creating uh, digital art for myself for fun and I kind of needed like a Facebook page name, you know, Instagram name, stuff like that. I was like, oh, Ghost Cowboy, that's that's who I'll be just because it's, it's fun and kind of goofy um you know that's basically all there is to that yeah i just shortened mine to decline because i just thought it kind of fits in with a lot of the stuff i do with corruption and things breaking down and so i have fun with that <laughs> sure what yeah. is what is your actual full name unless you don't want to say it because i couldn't darren find it klein. exactly darren darren yeah. klein okay yeah that's cool though because I, I like that it sounds like the word decline obviously when you put it together like that and yeah. yeah, it's more of an alias than you think. My joke is that there's been a decline in society since I was born, basically. You know, hmm. but... perfect. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> it's fun. Anyway, no, it's good to meet you. No, I gotta ask, Milwaukee. 
Why no NFL team? What's going on? Why? I mean, I know they had one. I mean, it folded in like the 1920s or something. I'm a, I'm a big football fan, but I don't know enough about the history of the NFL to know that we even had a team, if I'm being 100% honest. Um, but I did grow up uh, liking the Packers. I mean, so we do have Green Bay. I'm sure, sure that has something to do with it. But I mean, Green Bay, There's that's a lot be... smaller than Milwaukee, is it not? Um, it's definitely a lot smaller, but I mean, um, with how blue collar Wisconsin is, I'm not exactly sure what businesses are where throughout the entire state. Okay. So for all I know, around that time period when it started, um, I should probably actually look this up so I know, but <laughs> I'm assuming that the packing company or whatever that the Packers were named after probably might've been in Milwaukee and then like moved to green Bay type situation. Right. Right. Um, Milwaukee brewers brewing beer. You know what I mean? It's kind of all correlated to that, which is cool. It um, just always puzzled me because you have an NBA team, you have an MLB team, no NFL team. Yeah, no, no NFL team. I mean, I'm sure the place but, would be jam packed with, with fans. Yeah. I don't really know where we'd put a stadium to be honest. When I, when I think about it, because we already have, we just built the Pfizer forum. Um, mm. Before that we had the Bradley center. So the whole downtown area has really been built out pretty nice. I mean, Milwaukee's really been expanding, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't, a lot of people do music here, whether it's like bands, DJing, um, fashion, whatever people are into. There's a really big creative community in Milwaukee. And a lot of people like to leave once things start getting good for them. Okay. Um, hmm. and a lot of the time that success, you know, does carry over to wherever they move to a lot of the times, sometimes people kind of fizzle out and end up taking a break or, or stopping their project. But I, I don't see the need to move to LA or, you know, any of these other big cities just to, you know, fight with more people for what I'm already doing. You know what I mean? I would rather kind of make a mark in the city that I'm in and then help other people that come after me. Um, whether it's with music or art or, or what have you. So. Well, and I think now that, you know, you see the way the industry is going is it doesn't really matter where you live as much anymore. I mean, there's still an element of that in the arts, um, but I'm finding it's less relevant. Yeah, especially, I mean, with all the, the NFT stuff, obviously, as you know, um, I'm not sure how long you've been involved in it. I've been involved in it since about the beginning of this year. So like January, 2021. Mm-hmm. Um already with music and stuff like that. I mean, you meet people from all over the world because when you're putting out music on SoundCloud, you're meeting people from Germany or uh, Mexico or, or wherever, all these different producers just putting out whatever they make, even if they don't have a huge following, they're pretty easy to come across. And then when you enter the art world with NFTs, it like quadruples because, I mean, literally like someone was following me today on Twitter and I always like to make new friends. And so I always reach out like, hey, thanks for the follow. What's up? And he was like, oh, yeah, I like your art. You know, I was on Known Origin. Uh, greetings, like, from Brazil. And it's like, well, you're my first friend from Brazil. Like, nice to meet you, you know. It, it's really cool, like, all the different people that you can meet in this space and the different perspective you get from different people around the world and, like, what they're doing and where they're living. Yeah, just that immediate access to anyone anywhere is pretty amazing. And, I mean obviously it carries over fairly well with the digital art and nfts and so forth um when i'm looking back through your art say on instagram obviously a number of this these pieces are from prior to your entry into nfts so where where was that happening for you in terms of your creation and 
your were you doing this as a as a successful kind of business prior to the nft thing or was the nft thing the thing where that really took off with this stuff definitely not as a business um it definitely turned into a business with the nfts essentially uh long story shortened um i basically have been doing graphic i've been doing art all my life i mean as a kid i drew and 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 painted and did all this stuff and was never super confident in my skills it was always kind of a thing where i was in theater when i was 12 and then i was drawing in high school and then i got into djing and i was always all over the place in the arts where i never really focused on one set path which i mean was cool because i learned a lot and had a lot of experiences but i never really got to develop um one strength i guess you could say mm -hmm. so when i was doing uh um music in high school i learned graphic design i had a really great uh graphic design teacher in like one specific class that taught me everything I needed to know. And then from there, you know, you get access to programs through the internet and you start messing around with Photoshop and do it in your spare time and you make memes and edit photos of your friends and screw around. <laughs> and when I was doing music, I um, was kind of just following my friends because a lot of them did music and, and I always had the interest, but I was always kind of like on the outside of that, trying to figure it out while they were making bands and stuff. And, uh, when I started producing music and all that on my own, I found myself finishing cover art and promotional material for the music before it was even done. Like I was mm -hmm. almost more focused on that without realizing it. Um, like, oh yeah, I'm going to plan all the cover art and promotion out before I even finish the song. So it becomes a great success. And then after a while, it's like, oh, I should maybe like focus more on like the art side of it, you know, because clearly this is like where the underlying interest is. So fast forward a bunch um, while doing it in my spare time, I became really interested in kind of like sci-fi, surreal, fantasy, like cyberpunk, all those different words to describe it, that kind of art. One of which um, artist is Beeple mm -hmm. that everybody knows, obviously. Um, he's actually from Wisconsin, which is really cool. And I was first introduced to him because I think one of the video DJ guys that did all the visuals for one of the clubs that I DJed at, he was using a lot of the free assets that Beeple provided mm. um, for like the background screens and all that. So I was like, oh, cool, this people guy, you know. So then after following him on Instagram years ago, you know, he's doing his everyday thing and just really cool artists to follow and see the progression. And after a while, um, it was around 2019, I got a job. I was always in the service industry and working odd jobs, you know, like valet, package, uh, loading trucks, um, sure. cook, barista, all that stuff, just kind of trying to support myself doing music. Uh, when I met my fiance, I was kind of like, I should get um, different jobs. So as I was pursuing things, worked at a sign company for a while as a graphic designer, which was really much more printing and uh, not as much of the design. So when I had access to those tools, started designing freelance on the side, which led to me getting picked up by my friend Kelsey with her company, Rebel Squid. And mm -hmm. that's an actual creative agency where we create logos and branding and social media content. Um so really, I kind of finessed my way through life up until this point when I got my career doing what I like, which I'm very grateful for because I didn't go to college and I definitely put in the work in a lot of different ways, but I definitely took a very uncommon path to get to where I am. Um, so with the freedom of that job, it led me to be able to DJ more, produce music more and ultimately create art more. And we both ended up doing the 36 days of type challenge in 2019, where we were just, you know, trying to make content, practice our skills, screw around. And when that was done, I was like, you know, I kind of want to keep this streak going. I'm very OCD about stuff like that. 
So I was like, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna keep making art every day, and I'm gonna pick a new theme. So I was like, right, I'm gonna do cover art every day, moving forward. I'm gonna make cover art based on a song that I'm listening to. So I think I did like okay. a tribe called, yeah. So I did like a tribe called Quest song. Um, the next day I did like a, a Skrillex song. And the next day after that, I think I did like a Lenny Kravitz song. I just kind of kept going with it, and much like the art you see on my Instagram now, all the old stuff is archived. But I was making just really random art every day different themes different ideas you know different techniques and i did that for a little over 100 days and then i kind of got burnt out i had some like just uh life happening you know where sure. you know i got kind of burnt got burnt out um focused on music focused on my fiance because we had gotten engaged get engaged shortly after that and then COVID happened uh when COVID happened you know i was just working I ended up starting a record label just out of, you know, finding ways to stay busy with music because couldn't, I couldn't DJ and, and wanted to kind of expand what I was doing. And then once January 2021 came um, with the wedding in full swing and the record label doing good and being back to work and everything lined up, I was like, you know what, I'm, I'm really ready to start creating every day again and kind of push myself. I feel like I've learned a lot. I have mm -hmm. all these new skill sets um and yeah and then that's kind of where you see everything that's on my instagram now to make it full circle which led into into the nfts so sorry i know that was i said it was going to be a short description but that was very very long i'm totally happy with you sharing it's it's cool don't feel bad about that at all um i was gonna ask you though when you're doing the this creation process obviously photoshop is your key tool it sounds like to me correct yeah correct okay <clears throat> Um, how about for image source type stuff? Where are you, where are you doing? Are you doing the photography for that or, or are you getting, where are you getting this image work from? Yeah, I actually heard you talk about this on another one of your podcasts. I've uh, listened to quite a few of them. So it was interesting to hear different artists and their perspective. Yeah, I'm always curious about it too. Yeah, I'm not super uh, secretive about it. Um, I actually do want to find ways to explain my process more, especially in the NFT world, because I, I'm, I'm learning more and more that the anonymous thing only works for a select few individuals and everyone else, I feel, is more successful when they actually really detail um, their process, what they do, their life, all that stuff. Um, but essentially, I have a few key websites that have you know royalty-free images that... Mm -hmm. You know, again, I'm very OCD about stuff like this because I don't want to do anyone wrong or get in trouble or anything like that. So I always quadruple check all my sources. But all the websites I get my images from, they're they're publicly hosted for completely free use. So you can use them commercially or or uh, as an editorial or however you need to use them. Um, Any recommendations for listeners, or are you not comfortable to sharing that detail? Uh, no, I'm I'm happy to share. Unsplash is the biggest one mm -hmm. that's great for both photographers to submit to and also for people to download from. I use um, it a lot, actually, just as an inspiration. What uh, like because I do a lot yeah. of portraits, but they're most of the time they're just made up portraits. Sometimes they're reference portraits, but for myself, what <clears> I'll do is I'll just say, for example, I want to do a feminine portrait. I love drawing female faces. I'll just look through there and I'll go, oh, I kind of like this angle and then i'll just draw from it doesn't even actually look like the person at the end i'm just use it as an inspiration um but i find unsplash is one of the best ones for just kind of browsing no Un unsplash is amazing yeah i would like to um work with more photographers where i use photos of people i know or mm -hmm. 
you know, cause then if, if I knew the model and the photographer in that case, you know, I'd be able to credit them. And, you know, if, if I did anything with the NFT, be able to split that with them, you know, I, I've yeah, tried yeah. to get so many, I've tried to get so many of my photographer friends into this NFT space and a lot of people are hesitant. It just takes mm -hmm. a lot of time and a lot of understanding to kind of set everything up, you know, but, it is still kind of daunting. Yeah. So yeah. just entering, getting, getting them into that state where say, for example, they've bought, I don't know, a hundred bucks worth of Ethereum, for example, or ether, I should say. Um, that's, that's uh, intimidating for a lot of people. Cause really that's probably the biggest step. Right. So it, that, that was one of the things that confused me a lot at the very beginning was figuring out exactly how to get started. I mean, mm -hmm. it was so, it was so overwhelming because like I said, I, I'm a big follower and fan of people and he was posting about it. I remember ignoring it at first when I saw it, I was like, oh, okay, this is like some, whatever, like this is just something weird he's doing <laughs> and not anything that I'm gonna be able to do. It's cause he's like a famous, cool, awesome dude, you know? Mm -hmm. And then he kept posting about it. Like he posted a meme where it was like when graphic designers like see that people like made whatever amount of sales on this. And it was like the meme where the guy's looking over his shoulder at the other girl always walking oh, yeah, with his yeah, girlfriend yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that caught my eye and I was like, okay, I was like, what does he mean? Like, like, cause I'm a graphic designer. I was like, so what does he mean? Like by they're making this much money doing NFTs. So I'm already a night owl. I already get barely any sleep up working on everything I'm doing. And the minute that I see something like this, where it's like one interesting article, I immediately jumped into the rabbit hole. And okay. for the next week, for the next week, I was up to like five in the morning every night, just reading, reading, reading. And what's a wallet? What's this? How does this work? What's OpenSea? What's uh, an address? Like all, all these things, you know, and I, I just became obsessed with the idea that you could do this and the more websites you find, like first there's OpenSea and then there's Rarible and there's Maker's Place and there's Nifty Gateway and there's all this art and there's all this stuff. And it's just like, oh my God, this is insane. Like, this is so cool. And um, previously, because I'm engaged, you know, and I'm working full time and everything like that, uh, I was working at like Target part time during the pandemic to replace DJing temporarily. I'm, I'm always doing stuff to keep busy and to be making money. Mm -hmm. And uh, for the wedding, uh as i was doing these every days i've actually gotten well previously to this year i've gotten quite a few commissions for cover art which is okay. really cool um mm -hmm. from my personal art so i'm able to bring that to my company rebel squid and have that as a source of income for our company so now that's like one of the things that we offer is like motion graphics and, and cover art and, and assets for artists in their releases um so there's a website called art grab which is really cool unfortunately i didn't have any success there but they basically kind of take your art, you upload it, and they essentially sell it on their platform to their audience, so to speak, which mm -hmm. has, you know, the audience of other artists as well. And I think you buy like a credit and a credit is like 80 bucks or a hundred bucks. And essentially you can use that credit to license one piece of cover art. Okay. And then from the contract you sign, it becomes non-available to anyone else. You know what I mean? Okay. Um, so, I was, I did that with all my art at first where I uploaded it and I was like, Oh, cool. You know, I have a distinct style. I've got all these pieces from the last month. I'm sure I'll sell a couple, but they just sat there and sat there. And then eventually I was like, all right, this isn't working. I, I tried like the poster route too, like Redbubble or whatever. And okay. Yep. 
Num, yeah, num, I tried that. Society Six kind of early on, and I found that it just was impossible to get attention there. It's, uh, it's, it's a lot like Redbubble. Yeah, yeah. I, I looked into all those different things. Like I'm always scouring like ways to scheme and and you know make <laughs> money see. and just and yeah. get out. Yeah, exactly. All the time. Sell ghost cowboy coffee mugs. I mean, eventually, probably. You but, should. <laughs> yeah. You should. Um, but yeah, so like, well, it was uh. I actually, oh yeah, I was going to say, I actually got accepted to do a website called Inprint, and mm. I, um, I haven't sold there yet. It's like a poster site that you apply to, and it's primarily posters, but you actually have to apply almost like an NFT okay. type application. So it's curated kind of thing? Yeah, and I feel like it's not as overloaded with artists. Like, there's quite a bit of art there, but it's not compared to like Redbubble or... Okay. where it's like over where it's like overwhelming and there's like memes and like you know it's it's all wow, and there's so many copies there it's impossible to even know if you're getting the actual one from the real creator or yeah so many and uh, you actually get 50 percent of what you make which is more than compared to all the other sites which mm -hmm, is cool mm -hmm. and uh the the paper quality at least they describe it as being higher quality right um, this is still early for you hey like you're still not actually selling yet on that platform I, I think I had one friend tell me he liked something I made and he would buy a print of it. And I've, I had been accepted for months. And when he told me that, I was like, all right, I'll upload it right now just to get moving. Mm -hmm. And I don't, even, I don't even think he bought it right away, which is which is <laughs> fine. But um, it, it's one of those things where I have so much art. It's like to take the time to set it up and then promote it. It's just one more thing on my to-do list, you know? Yeah, um, I get you. But yeah, it, it, but, getting uh, all anyway, these platforms yeah, like, going. Go ahead. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I was, I was just going to say, basically all that stuff not working out is what led me to think, okay, this NFT thing could be like my answer to selling my art that is mm -hmm. just sitting here stagnant on Instagram. Um, I had tried, I remember <laughs> I applied for super rare first and mm -hmm. it's so funny to think back, looking, looking back now at how crazy hard it is to get into super rare and the quality of art there. The fact that I made a little two minute video with no knowledge of this space, just like, Hey, like I want to, come hang out with you guys you know it's it's really funny to look back on um i still yeah, have never applied to super rare <laughs> i i must have recorded like right where i'm sitting now i have my phone where my laptop is and i recorded like 50 videos of me talking starting over talking starting over for regular and, uh, listeners of the podcast they've heard me say for months now yeah i should apply <laughs> but i just haven't got to it i should really reapply i mean yeah <laughs> if it's you shouldn't be afraid to fail. I just heard somewhere recently, like I think I was watching Dave, the show on FX with my fiance, really funny show with little Dickie, the rapper. And um, he was writing down what he's afraid of and he wrote down like afraid and then he crossed it out and he wrote success. And I was like, that's like so true because it's not scary to fail because if you fail, it sucks, but then you just try again. And mm -hmm. like, you have that expectancy, I'm gonna fail, but I'm gonna keep trying. But then when you succeed at something, you're like, oh God, like, what do I do now? Like, you know what I mean? Like when I got accepted to known origin, that's how it felt. Like I, I applied three times and I kept failing and I was getting annoyed about it and it sucked. And then, you know, I was like, I'm going to keep trying in like another month. And then one day at five in the morning, like I got my phone and I got accepted and I was like, this You've is been amazing. killing it on known origin. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. It's, you've got I've some had, awesome stuff on there. Thank you. It, it's been cool. It's, it's been very overwhelming. And again, it's one of those things where like, like not selling there's the comfortability of quote-unquote failing or just like you know not doing anything and then once you start trending or selling it's like okay 
all the eyes are on me. Like, am I doing this right? Am I like, why is this happening? You know, all of a sudden you start questioning yourself and, and it, get, it gets really scary, but, but it's cool though. Um, yeah, yeah, I find it a little daunting too. You know, when you do get more attention, then you're like, okay, so what do I do next kind of feeling, right? Like, how are people going to see this next step I take? Or, or if you, you know, do something a little different and then you go, hmm, I don't know if this is really something I should even mint, you know? Um, and well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I posted on Twitter yesterday. So like I got my start on this platform called ghost market, which is right, really okay. funny because, because, because of the name ghost cowboy. So um, I applied to super rare, I applied to all like these they're, places. they're a mascot or something. So full disclosure, I actually work for them now. Oh, right. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, which is really funny. Um, okay. So you, really, there you go. Yeah. You sort of are their mascot. Again, again, I'm always always hustling, like always figuring out a way. It, that 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 works a lot with where, what what with what I do for my day job. Like, I do graphic design for a club or like a bar, and I'm there working with them. And then I find out they need a DJ. So then I go and I DJ there. And then I talk to the other DJs that DJ there and find out they want to release music. So then I put it on my label. And then the okay. DJ the DJ needs cover art. So then Rebel Squid does the cover art. So it's like, I'm always figuring out ways Synergy. to kind of connect. It all goes together. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like I'm working with Ghost Market right now. And I'm actually um, trying to do some of the graphic design needs that they need. I'm trying to work with through Rebel Squid so that we can kind of help them on that front with their their social media content branding um not their logo or anything like that but but yeah it's it's cool the way that you can kind of connect things in your life when you have multiple passions and skill sets if you like really try to totally interweave yeah. them yeah you know? as long as we're fully disclosing i'll tell you that i have a sponsor now for the podcast we're still st setting up the advertising and it's uh it's a uh, the koi network have you heard of them koi network it sounds familiar but i can't say i know what it is or yeah, they're just, they're early, early, early. Like, they're not launching until this fall, I think. It's pretty wild, though. Basically, the idea of it is you use a browser extension. Uh, it's like a, a wallet. I think it's sure. called a Finny wallet. And you have that in Chrome. And anyone who's using that then participates in this ecosystem. And the cool thing is, as a creator, you create your art on the Koi network. You mint it like you normally would, but it's stored on Arweave. Do you know? Have you heard of Arweave? Oh, I haven't. Okay. Basically, what's happening is right now when you create an NFT, okay, you're minting basically a signature, the token that points to that file, but the image file itself is not stored on the blockchain. It's stored on like, you know, when you upload an image to known origin, it says uploading to IPFS. Mm hmm. So it's just right. stored on interplanetary file system. And the image itself is not on the blockchain. Sure. It's just right? the, yeah. It's just the token address that shows your signature, basically, right? With the Arweave, they actually store the image itself permanently on the blockchain. So That's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. But with that, hmm. what's cool is anyone who then looks at that art, you get tokens when people look at it. Oh, wow. That's pretty cool, too. Yeah. So it basically attention to your creation mines tokens to your wallet. It's yeah, a pretty wild what, idea. It's pretty awesome. That's what I keep telling people about this space, man, is like the amount of things that you can do with it. And and so many yeah. people, like you don't understand how many people this is why I was excited to talk to you, because I've talked so many people's ears off about this that just aren't interested or don't I understand. Know. <laughs> this and is why I, I do the podcast. In my life. Yeah. <laughs> 
you, and you're doing a real service to it for us because it helps us get all of this out in a place where we're allowed to do it. I do it for um, myself, man. <laughs> yeah, like, 100%. honestly, because no, you're right. Like the real, I have the same problem where I remember there was a oh. I don't want to say the name because I can't remember and I don't want to embarrass myself. Anyway, the, I was complaining to somebody that none of my real life peers, family, friends, none of them are into NFTs. None of them. Right? So when I'm excited about something, if they have no connection to it, like I'll be like, hey, I just uh, sold a piece on uh, Known Origin, blah, 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 or, you know, and I'm excited that I had a sale or whatever. They're like, oh, good was that like for money or it's like yeah no it's, it's they're ether and they're like so what's that you know what i mean like you don't get that same because we're we're excited about it together when we're in this space together right so right yeah it's yeah. much it's, it's fun to connect with people who have that excitement for it i'm, I'm really blessed because my fiance uh, and my best friend, Corey. Corey is uh, my DJ partner in Best mm. Friends. So that's our project. And we also own User Friendly, the label together. Um, mm -hmm. He's the best man at my wedding. And uh, Corey and Allie are both incredibly supportive. I, I can definitely tell when I'm talking too much and they get overwhelmed <laughs> or because it's every day that stuff comes up. But at the same time, you know, like I'll, I'll show them my sales or I'll mention that I'm trending and it's fun because they know all the like little keywords that other people might not know and stuff. And they're like, Oh right. yeah. Like this unknown origin and blah, blah, blah. You know? So yeah. it, it's pretty, it's pretty cool having that support system. Um, mm -hmm. and, and having some people like that. And then all my other friends are supportive as well. And, and a lot of them are musicians and I keep telling them, you know, you're uploading music to Spotify and that they're great musicians. Like they've worked with different labels and major mm -hmm. artists. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm blessed to be a part of like a really cool group of friends that, we're all doing cool stuff all the time and, and like pushing each other, so to speak. Um, so I try to bring them to, you know, the blockchain and the NFT stuff because it's like, if you guys put out a single and it's not doing as well, or you're, you're upset with Spotify because you're not getting the artist royalties you want. So you could easily put out one of your singles on any NFT platform and put it at like $10 a piece with a downloadable cover art, or you send them something in the mail or whatever. And that'll sell out quickly, especially if you have, you know, some provenance on like Spotify already or, you know, so, but it's a little early, you know, people are still misunderstanding where it's like, oh, well, is this going to be better than Spotify long-term or they're not understanding that it's like another asset in addition to what they're already doing rather sure. than like solve than solving the problem of the music industry, you know? Sure. Yeah. It's um, it, exactly right. It's, it's in addition to it. It enhances it. It's something that it's a collectible, right? Like, you know, for example, I can stream on Spotify, my favorite artist, but I might also buy the record just because I want to have that actual record of that artist, for example. Right. Right. Exactly. And I might not even ever listen to the record. I might just put it up on my shelf. Yeah. I have one behind me that I just bought. I haven't even opened it yet. I'm, yeah. Behind me, you can see I have like a lot of vinyl and sure. you just set up and all that. Um, and it's not like vinyl is disrupting the Spotify industry, you know, the streaming industry, but it's something in addition to it that people like because it's a tangible, collectible, scarce thing. Exactly. Um, that's why I collect it. And anytime that I have an artist that I love, I'll, I'll buy their vinyl if, if it's available just to have it because it's special. And I know that's a way to put money more directly in their pocket. Um, and also just like the DJ aspect and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But, uh, so yeah, are you um, doing any uh, music NFTs then that you do with your own music? 
I don't have it planned right now. Unfortunately, I haven't. Uh, the label and the music that I write, it's a lot of like in the past, I've been in like kind of like surfy, punk, 90s, rock, grunge type sounding bands. I, I play bass and stuff like that. But um, I've always had a love for like house music and electronic mm -hmm. music. And that's kind of what the label is focused on. And that's mainly what Corey and I DJ when we play out. Mm -hmm. um, is that the is that best friends? Is that what that is? Yep. 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 Yeah, we've, we've had a lot of residencies around Milwaukee. Um, we've played at a majority of the larger clubs. We've opened for a lot of touring DJs uh, like Green Velvet, Gene, uh, Gene Harris, um, Don Bresky, Moon Boots. You know, there, there's a handful of, I don't know if you know any of those names if you're in like house music like that, but we, we've had some old. really cool. Oh, it's all, well, actually, Green Velvet's <laughs> from like the 90s. So, like, okay. So, but anyway, like, uh, yeah, like, like we've had a lot of cool opportunities where we're kind of at the point where we'd like to focus on releasing other people's music on the label as well as our own so that we can kind of start to play shows out of state more. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily tour and be like Diplo or anything like that, but just kind of want to be able to, instead of play in Milwaukee multiple times a month, just kind of get flown out here and there based on the label and the music that we release, which is a lofty goal and it's going to take some time. But, um, do you see yourself doing an NFT strategy, adding an NFT strategy to it, to things? Yeah, sorry, that was that was your original question. So, um, essentially, because we haven't been writing music, we have nothing to release right now. Okay. Because we've been because we've been so focused on building the label and everything like that, we haven't been focused on music as much, especially with my wedding, and my job, and getting a second job and all that. Um, but the idea down the line, um, probably starting with our music to test run it is once we have stuff ready to go with foundation and with one of the invites I have or something like that, you know, set up a label profile and essentially release, you know, I'll probably make some motion graphic cover art mm -hmm. and then release like a specific song through foundation or something like that. And then or you could go open C, you could do like, you know, 10,000 copies of it or whatever. Yeah, that's true too. And, and gas free man. allows you to do stuff like that. There's yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, so there, there's a lot of, uh, ways to do it it's more so figuring out the right way to do it especially mm -hmm. because i'd like to make it like a, a thing that we offer the artists at the label mm -hmm. like if you if because some of the artists that i work with um they're totally into the crypto art world and i've actually gifted some nfts to one of my buddies thomas and uh people like that i know would be interested in like okay cool my next ep let's definitely do an nft release as well and mm -hmm. we'll figure out a way to split it based on the label and my designing and you know all that um, but in, un, until that point comes, like, I, I really want to test run it with our own stuff first to make sure it works before we start getting other artists involved and putting their stuff out there. You know what I mean? Cause it's, yeah. it's such a, it, it's such a weird touchy thing, NFTs, cause you never know if you're doing it correctly <laughs> based on everyone else in the space and what they're doing. I, I made a post about that last night. Cause like I said, I got started on ghost market and I made my first sales and I think like February and it was incredible. There's like no better feeling than your first sale where you're just like, mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, like all this crazy stuff I've been researching and doing it like actually worked. Like this is incredible. Yeah. So, um, from that success, you know, I've started minting on rareable and figured out Ethereum and MetaMask and all that. And I got lucky where like the first thing I minted, it was like 10 copies of an old piece of art or 10 editions of one piece of artwork I made a while ago and some startup randomly bought all 10 hmm. as like as like uh here you go this is to get you started i see um, okay 
So I've got like $800 in Ethereum. I am assuming that this is how it always works, that you just upload art and it just sells instantly. Boom, money. So I, yeah, well, there so, was a period of time where that was the case where you yeah. could just mid stuff and everybody was buying it. Yeah. I was at like the very tail end of that because obviously when I got into it, I would say in January, obviously a lot mm -hmm. of people already were into it. Mm -hmm. I feel like I was like, this is me personally from my experience, but I feel like I was at that last curve before it really escalated. Like I yeah. got in... Not early, but like right before it became a little too big. Yes. You know what I mean? Um, so I'm glad I, I got in when I did. But uh, yeah, so uh, so I, I kind of just spent all of the money I made on minting because I was like, I'm going to mint everywhere and then I'm, I'm going to, you know, get on foundation. And before you know it, everything was just kind of sitting mm -hmm. and I was just very excited and didn't really have a plan. And it wasn't until later when I got accepted to known origin that I started thinking about it and it's like, ah, oh, I've like minted stuff that I've made this year all over the place. I kind of wish I could have done an everyday's collection of everything I made from 2021 and had it more organized. Um, <laughs> I have the same problem. My, you know, like I have a yeah. link tree with all of my different, and I mean, honestly, the early stuff is just a total mess, like wearable. There's no consistency whatsoever to my work. It's all over the place. Right. And and it's hard as an artist, especially in this space, because you're basically you're basically running your own business when you're doing this. Mm -hmm. And your your success depends on how well you can network and market yourself and promote yourself yep. and your branding and all that. And that's what I do, like I said, with work. So, I mean, I think about that a lot, maybe too much sometimes. And it's hard because, like I said, you never know what you're doing. You, you never know if what you're doing is right. And you have so many mm -hmm. highs and lows with sales, no sales, you know. It, it can get really draining mentally um, to mm -hmm. think about. So I actually was talking to someone I met last night on Twitter and we were brainstorming and he was just giving me ideas, you know, cause we were discussing art and just my collection and, and all that. And something I've had a, the idea of for a long time is because like, I kind of want to break out of the mold of specific collections. Like I'm not an artist who's going to mint five specific pieces unknown origin and they're all going to release on these days and they're all going to suffer one ethereum within an hour i'm not there yet i don't know if i no, will be there me neither but i do have all this art that i make that doesn't fit into one category yeah because all the styles are so different no matter mm -hmm. how i try to organize it however i totally hear you man but they're all me though they're all ghost cowboy sure. and they're all they're all reflective of my growth in 2021 from day one all the way up to where i am now mm -hmm. and with that said i kind of want to take it beyond each individual nft platform and have it be more inclusive to all the platforms by basically i, I like having like a website i set up for myself where um and i did kind of I did slightly take this idea from people. I mean, I'm sure a lot of artists have this too, but he, he kind of has all of his everyday separated by year, which is really okay. cool. So if you go to his website and, and look, he has all 13 years and it's so dope because if you look at like his third or fourth year, it's so different from his work today. And every single day, it's completely different. Like the colors, the style, it, and it, it really, when I saw that it, it made me feel better because I was like, okay, I'm not just like an idiot making <laughs> random art every day that looks like crap. It's part. It's, it's all part of the process. It definitely you know? doesn't look like crap. Thank you, but yeah, I'm, well, I'm a nice compliment. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh, I'm going to uh, interrupt you. I I've noticed something about you that I think is a good strategy. Is that you're priced very modestly. Like if I look at your stuff on Known Origin, it's not high price. Like it's very affordable. Yeah. 
That's so that's the other thing with uh, this whole concept is initially I was kind of following what other people were doing. And I remember mm-hmm. when I first minted certain things on foundation, like very early on, I priced it at like 0.5 Ethereum and, you know, everyone, every other artist at my tier, I would say that was newer, but had cool art, had a couple sales. Everyone was doing the same thing, like pricing their art at that that point. And, and some people are, uh, do really well and, and like it sells right away. But a lot of people like me, it just sits and no one cares and it's too expensive. It's a problem with foundation. Cause I mean, even the reserve on foundation, the minimum reserve is 0.1 Ethereum or 0.1 ether. So you're talking now that's like $300 minimum, right? You know, exactly. which to get a go to get an auction going with that being the minimum, that's, that's pretty high. Like, I don't know. I, I find like it's it's a better strategy for it to be priced a little lower. The reality is you're going to make a profit on the secondary market anyway from royalties. I mean, I'm in this for the long haul. Like yeah. if I make if I make $20 a day for the rest of my life doing this, I consider that pretty, pretty dope because it's what I'm already doing anyways. And the fact that people not only want to give me money for it, but have it because they like it, like mm-hmm. It's the responses I get to all the different art I make is so cool because there's so many styles or so many pieces that I quote unquote think look like crap, uh, <laughs> you know, and sometimes people, sometimes you'll post something and you'll think it sucks or it was rushed or whatever. <laughs> and then all these people will just like, like it. And every day it's yeah. different. You know what I mean? It, it's so Have cool you had seeing... the opposite happen? I've had the opposite happen where I'm like, I love this piece. I've oh, yeah. like, it's my favorite piece I've ever made. And I go to post it and I'm so excited about it and nothing. <laughs> oh, every, at least once a week that happens. At least once a week. Yeah. Okay. Now I feel better. Yeah. No, uh... we're, we're in the same boat here. Um, But yeah. So like to me, the coolest thing is, I mean, even if I give you my art, if I have something that you like on Instagram and it's not for sale and we've been talking for a week and you're a really cool dude and you've given me some cool insight and I learned something about myself or like a strategy. This happened last night, like the guy that I was talking to um, on Twitter. Mm-hmm. He was just, I, I hit up people all the time and it might come off as shilling where I'm trying to sell them my art, but genuinely I'm looking for feedback. Like if you mm-hmm. end up buying it, cool, that's amazing. But if I'm asking you questions, like I want your feedback, it's like, do you think this is worth 0.02 Ethereum? Should this be on known origin? Is the description too long? Like any type of feedback is what I want. And a lot of people just don't reply or they're just like, oh, it looks good. Or like they like click it with like a heart emoji. And it's like, that's not at all what I need. Well, this dude, <laughs> this dude talks as much as I do. And we were just going back and forth with banter all night, you know, just discussing strategy, art, his, his opinion on, on ways I could price things and, and do collections and what his favorite pieces of mine were. And I was like, dude, you're awesome. I was like, the fact that, I mean, one, you're being really kind with all the stuff you're saying to me, but two, you're actually taking the time to discuss all this with me and you don't even know mm-hmm. me. And you're, and, and he was like trying to brainstorm strategies for me to sell and which I didn't ask him to do, but it was cool that he was going out of his way to be like, I want you to sell art. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I told him, I was like, go, go on known origin and find something from one of like the multi editions and, and let me know what you like. And I'll, I'll send you one, you know? And whenever I do that, most people are like, ah, I don't want to pick. So I end up kind of sending them something random. And I also try to do it fair because I do understand that this space is about collecting and scarcity and stuff. So I try not to yes. give away all of one thing. Sure. I kind of try to keep it even with what I gift. Um, but yeah, like if people want to own my art and have it, I basically want every single every day that I've made up until this point to be in someone's wallet. Mm-hmm. And 
And between Ghost Market with the early sales to the little things I've done on Foundation Rarible to the success on Known Origin, um, essentially, I think I'm going to build a website and kind of have it set up in the style of like the Beeple website where you're able to see different portfolios or folders. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And when you click it, it'll be like an Instagram style grid that has all the art, just like on Instagram, but underneath it, it'll be like available on OpenSea, available okay. on Rarible. Because okay. then I'm, I'm, I'm promoting all these different platforms that I'm on. And then you're, Do you ever you use like Showtime? A... You ever use the Showtime website? I use Showtime, but again, it's so competitive. Yeah. And I think the ultimate value as any artist, musician, business, whatever, you got to have a website. Like if you have a hub that is literally just you that people can go on and it's like an interactive experience, mm -hmm. like. Okay. Like if you, I got to work you know, on that, I guess. I know it, it's, it sucks. I, I don't want to do it, but I have to, like, I know, I know it's going to be so helpful uh -huh. when it's, when it's done. You know what I mean? Yep. And, um, because I mean, no matter what, when you have a website, you can also organize it exactly how you want. There's so many flaws with Showtime and lazy and, and all these different yes. sites. Open, open C, the organization is never how you want it. Mm -hmm. If I could, if I could have everything on a grid with like the logo and like a nice little button underneath each piece of art, Maybe my OCD kicks in and I overly complicate it by like constantly updating what price it was last at and, and who has collected it. Um, OCD is not necessarily a bad thing when you're developing a website, though. I mean, that, that's you, true. It helps you, me a lot yeah. when I do everything I'm doing, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, that's kind of my plan moving forward, because like I said, it's like I've at first I was stressing out about how unorganized all this was. And then it's like. Why am I stressing out? This is like fun and I am my own person and I don't have to be like literally everyone else I'm seeing on Twitter every single day because it's information overload. You're constantly seeing all these people with what they're doing and they're, you know, here's number one of whatever on foundation, right? Here's number two of whatever. And all these are on sale at the same time for 10 Ethereum. And you're like, ah, oh, like I, I really rushed into this, but really you didn't. It's like, you're just doing it your way and they're doing it their way. And do you ever struggle with this? Like to it. for me personally, when I got into this, I was doing it purely because I loved it, right? I was super excited to do it. And then there came some success and then there came some sales and then there came some stress with that. Whereas before it was my outlet where I had no sense of stress. Now there is kind of stress tied into it. Do you know what I mean? Because the stakes kind of go up. Have you had yeah. that experience at all? I think I have that experience with everything I do. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I'm like an overachiever or if I'm like just more. I, I've I've always thought I was a creative, and I've actually had my fiance and other people tell me that I am more the other side of the brain than mm -hmm. the creative side. Because even though I create and I like to make art, and that's where my focus is. I'm super very much about like making things work, making things successful, mm -hmm. the numbers. So, I mean, no matter what I'm doing, whether it's music or art or the label or anything, I'm kind of always thinking about the business side of it, mm -hmm. but it's not necessarily because I want to make money or because I want to be famous or any of the ego side of it. It's more so that that's just kind of like, like how it works for me. Cause it's, it's going out there. You're going to think about it. I don't think there's anything wrong with thinking about it as long as your intentions are good. Um, and it also doesn't get in the way of my process. If mm -hmm. I didn't think about stuff like that, I wouldn't be able to make art every day consistently because I wouldn't maintain that discipline. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. There's, and without that discipline, I wouldn't make the stuff that sold out on known origin because me making art every day led me 
to getting the ideas and the drive to try new programs that helped me make that. That mm -hmm. was the first stuff that I made that wasn't in Photoshop. That's all like Adobe Dimension. Oh, okay, um, cool. So it's like, because I was getting stagnant in Photoshop with where I was at, I, I've always wanted to learn 3D. I plan to do it more and more soon once I can upgrade my setup and stuff like that after the wedding. Um, so a lot of my art, if you look at it, back to Unsplash and all that stuff that I use, you know, the, the great thing about all those artists being super generous and like providing their work is that there's so many different styles that I'm able to really dig deep and kind of find photos that work together where I can easily make collages out of them. Sure. But you're not going to be able to tell that they're a collage because my process is essentially using all these different techniques to make the image look like one solid image. And my goal mm -hmm. is to make it look, my goal is to make it look as much like a render as possible mm -hmm. without it actually being a 3D render. And some of them look pretty close. Like when I, mean, I look at help is on the way, that's pretty phenomenal help is on, with the process that you're using there, I'm guessing. Help. Help is on the way was a, a, a 3D one actually. Okay, so, I was gonna say. <laughs> yeah. Um let me let me pull up my Instagram here actually really quick and I'll I'll go through with you a couple that uh because there's a, like there's like a certain line like in the sand of when I like specifically started doing 3D more as opposed to Okay, um, okay. Because I was gonna say like that's Yeah. Let me pull up Instagram here. We're talking. You've got your playtime pieces are obviously 3D works and playtime is all 3D. Yeah. Um, Looks like maybe wonder... sensation is stuff that was still kind of playing around, going between. Um, known origin, known origin is where I'm able to organize everything a little bit yes. better, and mm -hmm. OpenSea is nice for that too, which is helpful. Mm -hmm. Um, let me scroll. Okay, so the first thing I made in 3D completely. If you scroll with me here. Um, you're going to go down to kind of where I Scattered was. Beans. Are you on Instagram? I'm on known origin here. Oh, okay. Oh, Instagram. Yeah, sure. I can yeah. scroll on Instagram. Yeah. And I would say scroll down until you see help is on the way. The one with the snakes. Okay. One of my favorite pieces, actually. Um, that one's based, the, the album I bought behind me, that one is actually based on a song from that album because the my favorite band waves uh the artist came out with really cool art with mm -hmm. uh it's like airbrush it was like two small little squiggly snakes with an egg mm -hmm. and song help is on the way the song is awesome but also like the interpretation was that like the only person that can help you is you helping yourself mm. essentially they're like a surf mm -hmm. punk band and uh the egg this is at a time a couple months ago or so when I was like thinking about collectors and on or on Twitter every day promoting myself. And when I saw the egg, I thought of Ido. Mm -hmm. And when I thought of help is on the way, I thought of all the collectors that come out of nowhere to buy art that kind of help the artists, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Regains their confidence and gives them some money. And, and you know, it, it puts them on a little bit of a clout cloud for a bit. But then also at the same time with like the meaning of the song, it's like you can't rely on that because only you are going to make yourself successful. You can't wait for Ido or 888 or any of these big people to come and buy your art because they might never do that. Like, I still haven't have... got a follow from 888. I don't know. I haven't gotten a follow from any of them and I don't expect to. I mean, I'm kind of, <laughs> I used to worry about stuff like that. and It would be really cool, but at the same time, I can't sit around waiting for that every day. You know what I, I mean? Know, I always kind of feel like, you know, it's there's a bit of a game, kind of a leveling up feeling when you achieve those things. And so I get a little bit of an enjoyment from that. It's the, like the ding when you level up in an MMO and you're like, aha, you know what I mean? 
So, so it's so, not that I'm obsessed with it, but there is a yeah. fun element to it, right? No, I, I agree 100%. And like, I used to be more obsessed with it and like worry about it. And that's why I'm saying like that song and stuff like that. And this like art specifically, it was kind of me breaking through from that mentality of like, you're not going to be cool until like Ido buys one of your pieces or like, mm. it's not going to be as meaningful. Um, I still send it to Ido. I still have like DM'd him like, hey, check this out. It has an egg <laughs> and like, you know, but anyway, um, <laughs> it was like, I, I did have a moment like that with Sabet. Uh-huh. Who, to be honest, who, to be honest, I wasn't familiar with until I had my first sales unknown origin. Um, mm-hmm. Jim's Ethereum. I'm not sure how many people are like familiar with him, but he's like a collector, really, mm-hmm. really prevalent on the NFT Twitter space, just with you know collecting and giving his opinion and, and talking to artists. And I remember he, I sent him my art for feedback from the checkout, and he had never like really replied to me before when I reached out before, and I went to bed. And I woke up to like a million notifications and <laughs> everything had sold out. Mm. And I was like, oh my God, this is crazy. Like what just had happened? Had Sabet and, tweeted your work or something or? Uh, uh, Jim's Ethereum retweeted Oh, Jim's it. Ethereum did. Okay. And he was like, you know, you guys would be crazy not to buy this. This is 0.01 Ethereum. This is a massive flip opportunity. The art is crazy. Like check out the other art from this guy. So then immediately everyone else started retweeting it and buying it. And one of those people was Sabet. Mm-hmm. And that I didn't really know who that was. And when I started looking into him, I was like, okay, I've actually seen this guy before. And then <laughs> I didn't, I didn't realize how big he was and, and how much, you know, like exposure in the community he had. And he actually put me on and he mentioned it on your podcast. And when mm-hmm. I listened, I was like, that's yes. awesome. Because he actually said ghost cowboy. And like, I was like, dude, no way. You got name dropped. I know. I was, it was crazy. I told Corey and Allie right away and they were like, no way. And it was awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, yeah. So, so I, I definitely, I definitely know the level up moment that you're That's how I think because, I got to know yeah. you was, that's how, why I connected with you was from that conversation. Yeah. It, it's been a huge blessing because I'm a, I, I love friends. I love networking and, and talking and meeting new people. That's what user friendly is all about. That's what best friends is all about on the music side. And I try to carry that into the art world with me as well, that I just want to, be friends with the people that collect my art. I want to be friends with other artists because community is everything. And um, the fact that Jim and Sabat and and a couple other people like that put me on, it made me meet people like you as well as a lot of the other people that I've met, you know, and it's only getting bigger and bigger each day. And I wouldn't be where I am without that support system. So it's, it's really, really cool. When, when stuff like that happens. It is awesome. And it just keeps growing. Like the, the thing that yeah. we don't really necessarily see yet is how tiny this is. I still feel like we're just on the very tip of an iceberg here still with this stuff. Yeah, it's, it's really crazy because no one knows where it's going to go. Like you can't really, it's hard to say how early we are. Like, I mean, because there's endless possibilities to where where this technology takes you like every day, like you said, that platform that you mentioned that is sponsoring the show. Mm-hmm. Um, like that's a completely new technology. That's probably going to bring more people into the space and add more opportunities. And that's another reason why I priced my art lower. Um, because I feel like if I have a friend who is finally ready to get an Ethereum wallet, because he heard all this and saw that I posted on Facebook that I was in a showcase or a gallery or something. And they're like, okay, I, I want to support you. This is really cool. How do I, how do I do it? Mm-hmm. I don't want to introduce him to it. And when he says, I want to buy your art, be like, okay, my art is $450. It's like, 
I want him to be able to grab a copy of one of the cool 3D pieces I made right, yeah. for 25 bucks. Sure. Maybe he buys two. Maybe he puts one on sale and a month later he makes, mm-hmm. you know, three times his money back and then he's able to go buy more art. That's kind of how I think it should be. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. then... Well, there's nothing people, wrong with having maybe some pieces, yeah. say, on Foundation or whatever that are one-of-ones or, or even Unknown Origin. I do that sometimes where I'll have a multi as well as one-of-ones. And then, of course, the one-of-ones is going to be more expensive. Yeah, pr- price and edition size and platform, those are like the three biggest things that hurt my brain to think about what to do. Like, I, I have so much art ready to go that I want to mint. And the past, like, week, I've told myself every day I'm going to mint something on KO, FND, and then a few on OpenSea today. Mm-hmm. And by the end of the day, I always am too tired and burnt out, and I don't want to think about what should go where because it's well, a lot to think about it. You know? It doesn't help that gas fees have not improved with this uh, upgrade. Yeah, they're up and down. They're not terrible, though. I mean, I, I've seen people complaining, and I'm in a decent spot right I now complain. where I don't... I, I complain because, <laughs> well, I, I'm i not like... I, I don't want to be burning away money, but at the same time, because I'm in a position now where I can actually afford them. Yes. And yeah. and also, in like March, they were like two or three times what they are now. Yeah. I'm st- I'm, right now, it's what? I was going to cost about $30 then, to yeah. mint now, I think? 30 or $40? Somewhere yeah, I mean, I've I've minted stuff for like a hundred dollars, and it's yeah. stuff that still isn't sold. So that's like <laughs> in my head, I'm like, well, you live and you learn. You know what I mean? I'm grateful. But the that. Real, reality is, if you were doing traditional art, you would spend hundreds of dollars on the materials. Uh, you know, there would be costs that, to that sort of art as well. So, yeah, kind of comes and with the territory. I, I'm I'm very grateful and blessed that I average a couple sales a week at this point. Like mm-hmm. when I was trending on an origin, I think I uploaded a new piece of art every day and it sold out every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and after a week that stopped. And again, that serotonin level, when that depleted, it was very depressing. Cause I was like, ah, oh, man, like was, am I a one hit wonder? Like I need to make more 3d, 3d art, but I don't have the capability to make what I want to be making. And I, and I need more time and all this different stuff is going through my head. And then all of a sudden it's like your art is in the Beijing, stratosphere gallery and also the ko london gallery and then you have a serotonin boost again and you're like oh this is amazing i'm gonna make new friends and make sales and then it's kind of quiet and then you're like all right we're back to what's next like that's the there's an ebb and flow to it though what i've noticed and this is not a hard and fast rule but what i've noticed is when there's a lot of excitement around say the price of ethereum there's not as many sales because people are waiting to see what's going to happen with that price before they want to spend it. And then when, when it levels, that's where they go, okay, I'm okay with spending this now. That's, that's been my experience. What I've seen like right now we're Ethereum's climbing strongly. Right. So then if you're a collector and you're, you're sitting on say 50 Ethereum in your wallet or whatever, and you want to buy art, it kind of makes sense to wait and see where that Ethereum ends up being at before you go out and buy art again. Yeah, exactly. Um, or if it's crashing too, I, right? Like I find yeah. the, the best time to sell art is when it's on a plateau of some sort. Yes. That's what I was like thinking about and, and trying to find words for, because I feel like no matter what, when it's dipping really low, people are cautious, but at the same time when it's going higher, people are cautious. Cause why would you want to spend on Ethereum on art when it's 3000 if you could have waited a week and held it and had $4,000. But at the same time, I don't know, because everyone, everyone, not everyone looks at this in fiat or no, fiat. Right. However, Lots you know, of them a don't. Lot of, I do, because I don't 
you know, I, I, while I am interested in blockchain and investing long-term, I also do see this as a business where I use the money mm -hmm. to go towards my wedding, go towards a new computer. hundred percent. Um, yeah. you know what I mean? So it's, I, I think we have to get away from ways. there being a shame in that. I don't like the reality is like, this is something people are doing for a revenue and there's nothing wrong with that. Oh, and majority of the collectors I've talked to that have bought stuff or that, you know, have wanted to buy stuff. All of them think that way. Like a lot of the, a lot of these major people that you see talking about that have a larger following, I don't even know any names to say off the top of my head, and I wouldn't anyways. To, you know, I'm not trying to call anyone out, but like there's a lot of people that you know discuss it in terms of Ethereum over dollars and look at it that way. But when you talk to these collectors that are just starting out and want to start flipping or they want to genuinely collect art, a lot of them are concerned with, well, I'm not, I don't get paid till this day, or like. I can't afford to buy more Ethereum right now, mm -hmm. or I just spent a lot. So a lot of people do look at it that way and look at it mm -hmm. more realistically, which makes me think that we're continuing to get more people into the space that are quote unquote, like regular people that right. aren't already interested in this. Like more people are entering that really just want to collect art and mm -hmm. don't see the blockchain side of it. You know what I yep. mean? Yeah. Um, well, and over awesome. the course of time, I think the blockchain side of it will just become less visible. Just like the internet is, you can know nothing about the internet and use apps and tools and whatever, right? Whereas years ago, of course, you had to be pretty knowledgeable in order to take advantage of it. When, whenever I explain this to any of the countless people that I overload with information when they don't ask me to, um, <laughs> I always try to sum it up. And I mean, I could be wrong in saying this, but it, it makes sense to me is like the best way to look at it is imagine if you could buy a movie on Amazon and if you didn't like it, you could sell it to your friend and Amazon wouldn't care because they still make a little chunk of money. That's yeah. essentially what the technology is. And that's where I think it's heading. I think eventually you're not gonna see it labeled as NFT or blockchain, but you're gonna have a capability where when you go on Amazon, they're gonna be like, now if you don't want a movie, sell it to your friend with their Amazon account and receive a credit. And then Amazon in the fine print takes 15% royalty and 15% goes to whatever sure. the, yeah. the owner is, you know, everything it, becomes or, a or, hard asset in a sense. Yeah. That, that's basically where we're headed with this. And that's, what's so cool about it that I think people don't understand is the, the once mainstream companies, even if cryptocurrency goes up and down and has its issues with the governments around the world and taxes and all that stuff, it's like, I think the blockchain technology itself and the capability of Web3, and again, I might be talking out of my butt because I don't know all the proper definitions and terminology, but like the capability of this technology to be able to make you an actual owner, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Of a, mm -hmm. of a digital asset is the really interesting thing. Like It's funny that you say that about you know, when someone asks you and then you give a long answer, because I'll have people say things like that, like they'll say things like, so what is this NFT stuff? And I'll say to them, okay, do you actually want me to answer that? Because you get, you might want to sit back and uh, get comfortable <laughs> if you actually want the answer to that. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. once I start, I'm not going to stop talking about it for the next hour. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. I, I, I was telling Allie's mom about it because she saw on Facebook that I sold art and she thought it was cool. And I was explaining to her and it ended up becoming like an hour long conversation. <laughs> and Allie told me that she was talking to her mom later and her mom was like, yeah, I, I asked him and I was happy to, to know. But at the same time, like after a while, he just wouldn't stop talking. And like, it was just so much, it was just so much stuff. And, and I was like, yeah, I can't help it. Yeah. It's just like, it is, uh, it's endless, you know? 
I have never... a few colleagues from my work as a teacher. There's a few of my colleagues who listened. And last year, what was it, March? Where I was like, buy Ethereum now. Buy it now. And and most people are like, whatever. And a few of them listened. And they made a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, because it was how much? $250 at that time? Right? Something like that, yeah. You know, yeah. and... Uh, you know, but at the same time, I have to contain that because, I don't know, I don't want to be constantly walking around telling everybody, hey, did you buy Bitcoin or whatever? You know what I mean? Like, it can come off as like I'm shilling it when it's like, no, I mean, at the end of the day, if they don't want to buy it, that's doesn't affect me, right? But... Yeah, exactly. All, all of my artist friends, they know what I'm doing and they've I, I've had kind of like a big conversation with the main people that I, I love and care about that are artists and that I've inquired. I've definitely had a couple of two hour phone calls where they do want to know and they do mm -hmm, have questions. Mm -hmm. Sure. And a lot of those people still haven't gotten into it, which is totally understandable, but it's like, at least I feel good that I tried to get them into it. Mm -hmm. um, and it's even more validating when I have my successes with galleries and selling art and stuff like that, because it shows that it works. Mm -hmm. Like my, like my boss was very skeptical about all this. When I started doing it, she didn't understand it. She was like, all right, good luck with whatever you're doing, you know? And I would talk about it every day and, you know, she, she didn't really have interest and, and stuff like that. And then there was like a day where I told her, I was like, yeah, I made like, you know, like 800 bucks this week. And, and, you know, and then she, she's an artist as well. I mean, she paints and everything in addition to our company. So I actually got her on ghost market okay. one night after one, one night after work, she actually was like, okay, I, I am interested now. I want to know how this works. And I got her on ghost market, spent like two hours setting up a wallet, walking her through everything trying to make it as easy as possible with all the information there is. And I was in the discord with like a lot of the, the ghost market people just like, Hey, my boss is here. She's new, show her some love. And it was dope because like a few people went and bought like four or five, six of her pieces right away. Mm -hmm. And then, and instantly she went home like, wow, this is, this is pretty crazy. Like this is cool. And she hasn't, she hasn't gone back to it since then, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but it was, it was cool to give someone the experience. Like this does work like this, you know, like I felt like a, I felt like a scientist, like a mad scientist, like when I made my first <laughs> NFT sale, because as I said before, it's like you spend so much time researching and this is such a crazy new experience where you don't log in with your email, you log in with mm -hmm. a wallet and you don't have a password, you have a seed phrase and it's, it's a whole new world and it seems crazy. And then the minute that you have that first little taste of success, it's like, oh my gosh, like I, I, I did it. I created something mm -hmm. like you unleash like a monster so to speak. Yep. Yeah. And I mean, I, you know, I think, you know, there are people who they dabble with it and they go, man, eh, it's not for me. And that's fine. You know? Um, right. But there is to me, this addictive element to it, just the openness of it, the, and the ability to just constantly try new things. There's really no barriers. Right? Mm -hmm. Exactly. So well, speak uh, back to that. Actually, if you still want to look at my Instagram with me, um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. if we have time for that, um, so if you scroll down quite a bit to there's an image, we'll start down here. There's like an image of like a hand with like a Bitcoin above okay, it. So um, I was at, I was at the one with the snakes with the egg. Yeah. So, so scroll down quite a bit. Mm -hmm. um, and it's a hand. Sorry. It's on the left side. If you're, Oh, if you're on the grid on Instagram where it's like three pictures yeah. in a row, it's mm -hmm. on the left side and it's next to like a pink photo. Um, and it's a hand. It's with, like a okay, hand I got it. I got it. With the, okay. Yep. So if you scroll, Golden if you scroll ticket. up. Yeah, exactly. If you scroll up from here a bit, I believe. 
Well, whatever. It, basically, I, I went in Blender and I made, oh, I'm sorry. Okay, it's right below the Bitcoin hand. Mm -hmm. Like the, not the row below, but uh, the one below that, there's like a picture of like sky with like a ball of junk. Yep. And it's like shiny. It. Mm -hmm. So this is, the, this is technically the first thing I made in 3D. Uh, oh, I just okay. went in, I went in Blender and I just made like a random render and exported it. And then I put it in Photoshop and added the collage element of like the sky and the textures and the lighting. And that's what's cool is, you know, I'm able to make something kind of like in the realm of like a 3D render that's more like flat, like a movie poster, like a, right. like a concept concept art um and then if you go up a bit the first successful thing you'll see a merge um right away it's in like the middle above a car and that was actually the first render that i went in and took my time with and actually rendered fully mm -hmm. touched up a little bit in photoshop but that was that was like the actual first successful 3d render that i made okay. and that was that was what sold out um on or on known origin okay. when i when i uploaded it um so this was with blender you said this was actually with Adobe Dimension. So oh, Adobe okay. Dimension is, I, I use it kind of backwards and I, I know some artists use it as well, but it's when you go on Behance or whatever, it's hard to tell because a lot of them say that they also use Cinema 4D and stuff. Okay. But Adobe Dimension essentially is like for product photography, so to speak. Okay. okay. So if I, if I make, if I make like a label for like a milk carton, um, Adobe Dimension will have a 3d milk carton object and you can place your label directly on it mm -hmm. and it just it just sticks to it and it it looks like a milk carton and then they have all the lighting and they have all the backgrounds where you can make it look like it's sitting on a counter and it aligns to the scene automatically and then okay. you can export that and you can show your client that this is what your milk labels it's basically like, like a mesh you know? that just goes onto a 3d object sort of idea yeah and it's it's you can't like sculpt and you can't really build and you can't do too much. Like you can't do video. You can't do all these nice features that other programs have, but there's just enough there where I can create stuff like this okay. um, and utilize it this way. Okay. So that's kind of why I do a lot of geometrical stuff uh -huh. because, because all my other art that I make, that's more surreal and collage. Like mm -hmm. I can't do that in this program. Unfortunately, I don't have the capability. So that, that relies on photo bashing and, and a little bit of like digital painting and, and Photoshop tricks and whatnot. Um, you know, it's funny. I've just came across a picture of where uh, I also use the same image from Unsplash as you used. Oh, nice. Which, which yeah. yeah let it? me show you. Uh, I'll show you from mine a second. It's just funny. I just saw it in your Instagram. Oh yeah. I've actually seen this one used quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. So that's yeah, neat that I, you've got the same, uh, you picked up the same image. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I have a lot of different clients from hair salons to restaurants, to bars, to clubs, to you name it. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, sometimes for like a salon, if I need like a, a photo of something for like a background, you know, I'll, I'll go on free pick and find like a nice salon background where there's like candles and like soap and like, mm -hmm. I don't know, whatever. Um, and use that for like the ad placement. Um, mm -hmm. So these, these websites are really handy and a really great tool for Super artists. Handy. And yeah. it's really cool that all the people that contribute their art to them, you know, I've actually seen a few of the Unsplash artists too, like on their Instagram, a lot of them have like a really good following or are making money in other ways and so I, this I, still is a tool for them it's a marketing tool right it's more so like a marketing tool and i also noticed that kind of i don't even though these pictures are amazing i feel like it's not their best work like i okay. feel like they put i feel like they put this is just me speaking from what i'm assuming uh because i'll look at their instagram or check them out sometimes um 
they have so much more work out there that's okay. like really wild and the art on unsplash is great but i feel like it's more stuff that they throw up there for people to use to kind of like I see. you know what makes i mean makes sense makes sense um mm -hmm. yeah like which because the average certain, photographer yeah. for a for a given piece they're probably taking hundreds of shots yeah you know what i should do i should really take some of my art that i make some of these like more abstract background things and i should really maybe just make some stuff and upload it to unsplash as like a trade-off that's not a bad idea actually have people use that for free i've actually thought about that before and because there's a lot of unsplash stuff too like gradients and just textures sure and stuff like that mm -hmm. um so actually that's a good idea maybe i should do that and see if that helps people out over yeah, but maybe it's a way to give back that's cool yeah i'm always thinking of ways to make things like even like i'm very mm -hmm. much like i don't i don't want to take more than i give obviously mm -hmm. if i have permission that's cool but like i said i'm always thinking of ways to like i don't know just like do the right thing yeah. um i actually had for one of my pieces um i had utilized a cg element from cg cg trader which is like a cool website that you can essentially people that make models for people that don't want to model they just want to build scenes okay. in 3d you can type in like man and then it'll be like one, a 100 dollar man holding a gun and like a really cool army futuristic suit and someone modeled it and made it incredibly detailed and they include all the files and then when you pay them you get the commercial license the money goes directly to the artist and okay. they're they sell they sell that as many times as you want so i feel like a lot of the astronauts and stuff like that that you see in mm -hmm. certain graphics um they get them from websites like this if sure. they don't model them themselves people yep. kind of does the same thing i think where he just buys assets from like kitbash 3d or like well i don't know what he uses exactly but like i've seen him grab assets where he'll just take the same things from before and kind of throw them together to make right. a scene right um so i actually they have a lot of free assets which is really cool they're not as high quality but they work and i used one once and was playing on minting and all that and I realized looking, I, I'm very OCD, like I said, so I always quadruple check everything. So I actually went back to double check if everything was uh, commercially usable in this mm -hmm. one part, part of the image I used actually wasn't available commercially. It was just for editorial. Mm -hmm. So I was like, oh no, this is like, I was like, I feel so bad. Like I need to figure out. So I, I messaged this person on the platform and I was like, hey, is there any way that I can like buy a commercial license from you? Because I use this in a piece of art. It's a very small piece of it. I plan on selling it. Um, you know, is that cool with you? If not, no worries. And I was worried because like they were not very active on the site and they lived across the world in like mm -hmm. Europe or wherever. And she actually finally got back to me and she was like, yeah, it's cool. She was like, if you just want to like pay me like $5 or something like that. Mm -hmm. I was like, uh, I was like, I want to, I don't know. I was like, I want to give you more than that. She was like, well, just PayPal me whatever you think is fair. So I think I sent her like, I don't know, 25 bucks, you know, mm -hmm. something that a little bit more price comparable to other stuff I saw on the site, you know? Yep. Um, and she didn't even type me up a license or anything. I was like, do you need to send me anything? Do you want me to sign an agreement? Like mm -hmm. trying to do this as proper for you as possible. And she was like, no, she was like, just use like these messages that I say it's okay. And I'm like, all right, cool. You like, go. you know, mm -hmm. so it, it's cool how people can be, pretty understanding of stuff like that and, and and vice versa i mean if if my art did pop up anywhere i would probably have a better response at figuring out how to get it taken down or work out an agreement with the person you know what i mean sure um without over, without overreacting to the situation to make someone feel bad or to or to blow it out of proportion you know what I yeah mean? yeah because mm -hmm. it's such a it's such a touchy thing on twitter with like yeah. cancel culture and all that kind of stuff yes so yeah totally yeah I've had people do remixes of my stuff and I'm just like, yeah, that's cool. I mean, if they're 
putting their own flavor to it or whatever, you know, that's awesome. Uh, I've had some where they just like kind of sort of copied it. And then I'm like, eh, that's not as cool. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. It's if they taking it and they're using it kind of, you know, and then playing with it and doing their own vibe with it, then, you know, go for it. Right. As long as there's so. a transformative element there. Yeah. So because um, in the, in the end, you... it, it doesn't hurt me. Yeah, exactly. Like, I think there was this one guy who was directly plagiarizing. People. Yeah, see, that's that's different. like 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 directly doing it, where he was basically copying some. He was copying an unknown artist's work, right? And you know, anytime I see stuff like that, like I always get in my head, like is using an image that is commercially available and that says it's okay to use without attribution. Am I still doing something wrong? And it's like, obviously that's fine. But at the same time, like my conscience, you know, still, I, if I you're taking everything. a photo off unsplash and going, Hey, check out this photo I made, you know? That's... Yeah. Yeah. Never. I don't do that. <laughs> you know what I like, mean? Yeah, no, no, yeah. no. I'm not saying you do that, but there are people right. who do that sort of thing. Yeah. That is, that is the one thing you can't do is you yeah. can't, you can't take the photos and you can't sell them right. as a photo. And right. you also can't, you can't add them to your own version of unsplash. You can't make. Yes. In which makes sense and you know yeah mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. but still though like i mean i think about stuff like that and it makes me feel bad for people and like like i said i'm always trying to do the best i can to be a good person and like you know um do things the proper way in society mm -hmm. and uh this guy yeah he was directly plagiarizing which sucked to see because he had made a lot of sales to a lot of the bigger like whale people too oh, that really? we we're talking about you know and mm -hmm. Um, it's cool though, because one of the artists that he was plagiarizing was like this unknown person who was just basically making licensed work. And he ended up getting on foundation after that. Some people, when he found out about it, they introduced him to the NFT world and literally everything he puts on, on, on foundation now sells out like the day okay. it goes up. So it, so it kind of helped him in the end. Yeah. It, it helped the guy, you know, and he actually follows me on Instagram right, randomly and like, he likes my stuff sometimes. So that's kind of cool. Like, that's cool. I'm like, who is cause it? he's a really, uh, I think it, it's, Tyler H U A, um, Tyler Hua. If I'm if I'm saying it correctly, I might be a word off I here. Let me look it up here. On. Um, Tyler Huard or Hua. Let me look on uh, Foundation quick because I follow him and uh, okay. on Twitter. On Twitter, it's hard to find people exactly with like yeah. underscores and all that. Yep. But yeah, he's a cool artist. He makes like illustrated gradient, like Adobe Illustrator type looking stuff. I don't know mm -hmm. if that's what he uses, but it's very much like that animated um, gradient like style. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't see him on and, foundation. Uh, so, well, you can always Tyler, get back to me with who, who, Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. But yeah, anyway, anyways, so like I was saying too, like a lot of the stuff on my Instagram, basically from that point forward, um, Everything is pretty much 2D minus like six or seven ones that I made in in uh in Dimension. Right. Like once you scroll up a bit and you get and you get to the area where you see the stuff that's on known origin currently, and like yep. a little bit below that where there's a handful, mm -hmm. like trust the process and dreams of grandeur and all that. Um, or like the snake one. Mm -hmm. Like that little that little nine piece section and then a few above that are the only ones that were created 3D. Everything else on my profile is pretty much uh taking elements. Like some things I'll take, like like a lot of the abstract ones where it's like the weird 3D shapes. Those are actually photos of architecture that I've taken 
I think I my favorites like of yours is patterns. the portraits where you have kind of the melting faces. I think those are my favorites. Thank you. Yeah, those. The first one I made called Stretch. I remember I spontaneously made that one day, and it it was very popular on Instagram compared to my other work. Not that that's even that popular. I got like a hundred something likes, but um, I was like, okay, this is like a style that I really enjoyed making and has a lot of flexibility and a lot of, I was getting a ton of ideas and I was like, I kind of want to stick with this for a while. And then mm -hmm. a, as you can see, there's like plenty um, in that, in that style. And I have a few on uh, Rarible and foundation majority mm -hmm. of them are on known origin. I call this the mini collection brainwaves um, mm -hmm. just to organize everything. And uh, you can kind of tell how much time I have each day based on what I make that day. Like if I make <laughs> something 3D, I usually have a few hours before oh, okay. midnight okay. to get something done. Um, whereas if it's more of like the squiggly abstract pattern, those generally take less time. Um, yep. They still take time. But I mean, that's usually when I'm like feeling less inspired and I kind of basically just wanna, you're like, liquefying paint. things essentially. Essentially. Yeah. And, and I want, uh, I have a little bit more of a process than just that because um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I do see other artists doing similar stuff, but I, I can definitely tell that mine's different because I have mm -hmm. like a certain element to it that I'd like to add. But um, yeah, it's almost kind of like, it's very relaxing actually because there's not as much thought into making it perfect when I'm trying to create like a specific image or a specific concept. There's more concept. spontaneity to it. Eh? Yeah, it's the best way I can compare it is like painting almost where mm -hmm. you're just kind of swirling around colors and adding adding textures and removing elements and re-adding stuff and you know cutting stuff up and mm -hmm. um i really like lemonade that's a cool one thank you that one that one's so so to me that was one that i was yellow is a really hard color to work with mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. like like you get yellow mixed with like the reds and the oranges and the magenta it's very hard to kind of make someone that's already kind of yellowish stand out on a yellow background if that yeah, makes sense. yellow breaks down fast yeah um yeah. but that's the fun thing about these every days is i mean there's stuff that i look back on that i like i said i don't like too much um there's stuff that i do like that other people don't like but the, <laughs> the important the important thing to me is that i made something every day mm. and maintain that discipline because when you scroll all the way back i wish you could see the archive stuff maybe i'll show you secretly but um <laughs> The progress, like even I can see it in like the most non-cocky way of saying it. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Wonderful stuff, man. Hey, this yeah. is awesome. Thank you. It's been really Thank good you. talking with you. Um, what's what's the, maybe we can wrap up just with what are you working on here in the next little while? Like a little bit of what's what's on the radar for you? Yeah, so the, the main important thing is I get married in like three weeks. <laughs> so uh, that, that's like, Thank you. Thank you. So that's, that's definitely the main thing on my radar is focusing on that and, and preparing properly. Um, mm -hmm. Rubble squid, I've got all my clients, you know, that's great day to day ghost market, really grateful. They gave me the opportunity to work part-time. They were just kind of looking for someone in the discord. And mm -hmm. I do a lot of like, uh, managing data, connecting with artists, you know, yep. making contests and just general platform stuff. And then, Focusing on DJing here and there, you know, signing artists to the label and putting out guest mixes. Um, if you do like house music, we do guest mixes every it's two weeks. It's packed schedule there, dude. Yeah, uh, it, it, it's a lot. I, I definitely, I'm hoping that after the wedding and after I get more organized with some 
new software and stuff I got for my computer, I'm actually stoked on. I have like eight emails and I have <laughs> all these different passwords and profiles. And I actually found an app called switch. Okay. And it takes your desktop and it makes it into like eight different desktops essentially. Uh-huh. So I can have, so if I have like my ghost cowboy email on that email, I can have all my apps signed in as buttons as well as all oh, my okay. tabs open. And when I close it out and I reopen it, everything's still there. Oh, okay, so, okay, yeah, I see what you're saying. So for each of my businesses or jobs, I have everything separate and everything stays open now. So instead of like being at work and then checking Discord and then checking out my art and then opening this and then, oh, I have to post a mix. Now everything's like organized. So I'm really hoping that I can kind of streamline my life after the wedding mm-hmm. um, to where I have more time to relax and I'm not as like stressed and, you know, overworking myself. Um, <laughs> in terms of art, like, I'm just going to kind of keep doing what I'm doing. I'm going to keep making art every day and do it for as long as I can. May or may not take a break at the end of the year from that, depending on where I'm at. Because I really do want to upgrade my computer and get Cinema 4D and kind of dive fully into 3D. Um, mm-hmm. And if I can do every day is that way successfully, that's great. If if I, I, I would love to kind of like a lot of this like sci-fi, cyberpunk like the kind of art where you see like a big cityscape from like a certain angle and there's all these like lights and like texture. I really want to make concept art like that for myself, but also um, as like an NFT collection kind of down the line and just experiment with, with full on 3d stuff. And I mean, if that becomes overwhelming where I have to take like a week to make one image rather than doing stuff daily, I'm kind of ready to switch it up. So Mm -hmm, we'll see. uh Like one of the last pieces I made here, um, it's called First Harvest. It was like a piece of concept art that I actually took like six, I took like four or five different images to make it. And it's a, it's one that, that kind of does look more 3D, like it could have been a render. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like a spaceship and a woman looking at it. Yeah, I see it. Uh, so like when I made that, I loved it and I was really happy with it, but I was approaching my deadline for the day to get it done. And I actually went to bed frustrated because I was like, oh, I wish I would have had more time to make that cool cooler to how I pictured it in my head. And that was when I started, that was when I realized I was like, okay, maybe the everydays are getting in the way of my actual process because some things are going to take longer. You sure. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so either way, I'm going to be creating, I'm going to be minting NFTs. I'm going to work on this website to organize everything and to better brand myself and promote myself. But um, depending on if I do everydays or if I just start working on larger projects of art, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, and then one other project, I mean, I do kind of want to do something with the 1,000 out of 1,000 concept, um, partially, you know, to, to get more reach out there because I do like the idea that it kind of brings more collectors and it's an easy way for people to grab something because yep. it's all consistent. Yep. Um, but also creatively, I think it would be a lot of fun. So essentially, I'm going to take my Ghost Cowboy logo, which is like the smiley face that you see, and I kind of want to put that over essentially one of the liquefied squiggly pieces or in or invert it so the background is a specific color and then Mm -hmm. the face is the pattern Mm -hmm. um and then i have different ideas of how to do different textures different backgrounds i almost want to maybe use different color palettes and then in the collection list different hex numbers of the colors and then figure out a way to organize that so it's like okay 20 percent of the collection utilizes hex number whatever whatever type of blue but only like five of the thousand use the specific gold color. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, Cause then that adds that, that variable element. that, 
Yeah, yeah that ver- the variable of like scarcity that collectors like where like only yep. three of these apes have this eye patch or whatever. Sure. Um, it's kind of looking at like in a different way, more focusing on like the pattern and the color. And I'm seeing That's a lot cool. more. Thank you. I'm seeing a lot more generative art where it's like, like my buddy Jenk, he uh, has a Jenk club. That's J-E-N-K. And he makes similar style abstract pieces. And he's actually doing them where it's like all, you know, just the different abstract style. And mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll probably, I'll probably sell those for like 0.01, yep. 0.02, something like that. And just kind of, I'm probably going to start doing that after the wedding, like slowly making them and seeing how much time it takes and then plan sure. out like the release schedule. And, mm-hmm. and yeah. Awesome. Wow. You've got a busy few weeks ahead. Busy, busy months, busy yeah. years, busy life. You know, before before you know it, I'll be having kids and, yeah. and you know. Well, we can check like, back in with each other, you know, five years from now. You can tell me about your family life. There we go. Yeah. I'll be the same thing. I'm just talking to my kids about NFTs for two hours and they yeah. don't want to listen to Dad, me. Dad, <laughs> stop. Yeah. Right on. Hey, thanks a lot for uh, taking this time to talk with me. And uh, I wish you good luck with all this stuff. Yeah, thanks, and man. congratulations uh, on the wedding. Thank you so much. I feel yeah. bad that we didn't talk about you more. I have to know uh, one thing actually I'm the before host. we that's, go. That's the what do what where do you teach or what do you teach? I've been wanting I to know that every teach, episode. I mostly teach math. Okay, I like te- third grade, fifth grade, yeah. uh, like grade what, what... eights and nines. So they're thirteen, fourteen. Okay, I, I can see that. That's cool. I, I feel yeah. like you'd be a fun math teacher. I like it. I enjoy it. Yeah. yeah. Like I've even had kids say to me, oh, but Mr. Klein, you know, why don't you just do the art thing full time? I'm like, I don't think I could handle being by myself that much. Yeah, I I feel you on that. Yeah, I'm the same way. I enjoy enjoy the art. I enjoy the teaching. So. so. Right, right. Well, I assumed you were an art teacher. um, I did teach art for a period of time. Yeah. Every episode when I hear you talking about how you teach, I'm like waiting for you to say what you teach. And then you just leave it hanging and you have, you go to the next subject. And I'm like, okay, I have to know what this guy teaches. Like, I'm just yeah. so curious now. I try to avoid talking about myself too much. It's weird. The other night I was on a Twitter spaces as a guest. And so it was them asking me about you know, my process and how I got into the space and advice and so forth. And sure. I'm really uncomfortable with that. You know, <clears throat> uh, I'd rather be the person at doing the interviewing than being the guest. <laughs> For sure. It, it makes me feel rude because I talk, as you can see, I talk so much that <laughs> you're not being rude at I all. Feel... The whole point of the show is it's about okay. you. Well, yeah, yeah, that's true. That makes, so, that makes me feel it. funny. Like I like, I like it, but then at the same time, I'm like, ah, I talked too much or I didn't ask enough. Well, questions. there's an element. And I felt this last night on this Twitter spaces thing. I felt like there's a feeling of like self-importance. Like here I am telling people about myself. Like, I don't know. It feels weird. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's cool to yeah. tell your story, but then the more you ramble on, it's like, am I just, <laughs> talking for the sake of talking now and, no no and, it was yeah. good it was good well hey thanks a oh, lot we'll and uh yeah we'll stay in touch yeah and thanks so let's much for let's both do. both get back on known origin trending yes that's 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 a cool goal to have i don't know if i'm going to be number one again for a while but i mean it, it's really cool when you make a couple sales and you pop up there and it is fun you know yeah so the the coolest thing was real quick i know we're wrapping up but like i remember one day after all that was happening when I went to the home page, they actually had one of my things as like the banner. That's like, awesome. And I was like, dude, like it, it was just such a fulfilling moment to, after like applying three times, getting rejected, and then like going to the site and just having that there. It's like, you know, that, that was very special. I, I screenshot everything when I see yeah, stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, just for sure. And I have, I have a little folder of digital memories. Yeah. yeah. You should mint it, so. really. 
yeah make my own blockchain and just have like a personal <laughs> screenshot collection of yeah stuff. But, right on okay hey right, uh, have an awesome day and uh yeah good luck with all this stuff yeah thanks so much dude i'll talk to you soon okay cool take care see ya thanks again for listening to the non-fungible podcast see you again soon <laughs>